you're listening to the Soul Yoga Podcast, a podcast for the modern mystic mama. I'm your host, Amanda Aaron, soul guide at Soul Yoga Retreat. I invite you to take a breath for your body, mind, and soul. Retreat from the mind movies. Break away from stress and anxiety. Root down and ground yourself into Pachamama, Mama Earth. Join me for a journey to live from our highest selves. Through ritual and ceremony, we create sacred space together. We hold space. We create a safe container to evolve. This podcast is a space where I authentically share my journey, the good, the bad, and everything in between. It is a space where I guide the modern mystic mama to reconnect with Mama Earth. Honoring the turn of the wheel, we use plants, astrology, and kundalini yoga to break old belief systems to move towards soul-level transformation. By uniting body, mind, and spirit, we become present, enjoying each moment fully, and embodying our highest selves. Welcome to this space. Hello. I have a topic today that I hope will be very relevant for most people um, and hopefully relatable as well. So ah, it just kind of occurred to me that um, one thing in my personal journey that I found very helpful with these podcast episodes is just to, to speak through what I'm journeying uh, in life, what I'm journeying through in life. And uh, if any of you know me in real life, um, I've probably talked to you about when my mom was in the hospital and I see ward for three weeks at the end of September and diagnosed with vasculitis, which is an autoimmune disease that attacks the uh, uh, the lungs, specifically um, by inflaming the red blood cells of the lungs. <clears throat> and some symptoms that she had leading up to her hospitalization um, were largely in her digestive system I can't remember now if it was specifically the stomach or the small intestine or the large intestine but um, oh my goodness she just couldn't keep any food down and um, was just really not feeling well and I think the side effect of this vasculitis was um, inflaming the blood cells in her um, digestive organs, which was really challenging for her. I just remember July to September, she was just, you know, constantly not feeling well and, you know, trying probiotics and trying to get her gut bacteria back on track because that's potentially something that was, you know, causing an issue and just no, no idea. And it was really, it was really challenging for me to be in BC with the rest of my family in Alberta um, during my mom's hospitalization because 
um, you know, my dad would go in and sit with my mom and the nurse would ramble on to him and, and he would call me right afterwards and say, I don't remember anything that the nurse said. And so I'm here in BC thinking like, well, what the hell is going on? Like, is my mom on her deathbed? Am I coming out at a moment's notice? Like, how is she feeling? What is she doing? What, what are the, you know, what, what are the nurses even saying? And I just honestly felt like my dad and my sister were so useless in the face of a hospitalization, a medical um, situation of feeling overwhelmed. Oh, super frustrating just to get any information out of them. And, you know, finally it was the nurse's suggestion that they FaceTime me, do a FaceTime call with me while my mom would, um, you know, while they're visiting with my mom. And they were just like, oh, it's too overwhelming and it's too much for her. And, you know, the volume on the phone would be too loud. And so she kind of uh, flinch if I was talking too loud. And, um, you know, the first three or four days, she was so drugged that she doesn't even remember anything that happened during that time anyways. Um, but, you know, just for me to be able to see my mom and know that she's still alive, like that wasn't even a consideration that my dad or my sister had. It was, you know, the nurse, and oh my goodness, it was, just, it was just such a challenging and frustrating time because the first nurse that I talked to, she just told me everything right away and, and, and you know, put the phone to my mom's ear just to let me talk to her for a few minutes, um, even though I didn't get a response back because... She had a breathing tube down her throat and couldn't talk anyways. And yeah, it was, it was super challenging time. And in, you know, during those three weeks until they sent her home, um, it was just a huge growing personal growth moment for me to realize how much I am still attempting to control external circumstances and I absolutely do not have any control over external circumstances. I only have control over internal circumstances. How am I feeling? What is my response? How am I reacting? What stories am I telling myself? How am I programming myself to perceive the situation? Um, And am I allowing the overwhelm to put me in a state of being paralyzed or am I allowing it to motivate me into action? Um, So these are all things that I was just kind of growing through during that time and uh, one of them being, you know, the the relationship with my family um, coming back to what I really wanted to talk about today is family dynamics and um, I've, I've always kind of been the one in our family nucleus, my, my mom, dad, and sister, and me, who has had ideas out of the norm. I remember as a kid, um, 
oh, there's just lots of things that I questioned in our church. So I grew up going to um, an alliance church. That's the particular denomination. And they're pretty conservative, I would say, overall. I mean, like, they've got guitars and drums and stuff for morning worship music. But um, overall, the doctrine that they believe in and that they speak from is very conservative. And um, when I met friends who went to a Pentecostal church and they danced and speak in tongues and it was so alive and vivid and colorful and ah, free like it just felt so liberated and not constrained or confined um you know in my own adult life i've learned that um you know the church as a whole is is organic it's an organism but it also needs the safety of some confines, such as, um, you know, being respectful to time. And it isn't out of the ordinary for a Pentecostal service to go like three or four or five hours just because, you know, the spirit leads them to do so. And that is awesome. And it definitely has a place and a time and a purpose. However, you know, we... We're still physical human beings as well. We're not solely um, a spiritual uh, being. And we need breaks. You know, we need time to decompress, to digest internally, mentally, um, spiritually, to kind of process what we're experiencing. And we need to eat, obviously. So, um, anyways, that's total side note but the just things that I that I learned growing up is you know yes this this beautiful way of freedom of expressing yourself is totally needed but it still needs structure it still needs a container it needs to be held it needs to be supported um and that was it you know those kind of new ideas like yeah my sister totally loved it as well but she she wasn't the one to stand up to my mom and dad and say, no, I'm not going to come with the family to go to church. I'm going to go with my friends to go to church. I would frequently, you know, walk myself, however many blocks, you know, half an hour walk from my church to their church. And as a teenager, it's just always, you know, I was always pressing into my dad's childhood wounds and I was always, trying to heal that trauma my parents went to me as you know treated me as a marriage counselor as a financial coach as you know all of these things I felt like I wasn't really raised by my parents so much as I raised myself um that was just kind of always the dynamic in our family that I was the one who found the answers and um thought outside the box and I was always questioning status quo and the norm of things and wanting to try something new and wanting to do something different. And I've always been drawn to um, to health, I guess, in a broader sense. Um, you know, when I moved here to the West in D.C., I was exposed to a lot of different things like yoga and Ayurveda and... Um, 
just all these different modalities of health, uh, traditional um, Chinese medicine and um, naturopathic medicine and all these alternative health solutions to the Western medical system. And that's not at all um, what's prevalent in Alberta. And I remember calling my aunt on the third or fourth day that my mom was in the hospital and just expressing to her, like, I'm so frustrated. Like, there's so many other ways that my mom could be healthy. And it just seems like my dad and my sister are totally closed off. You know, they're, they're extremely dismissive of any suggestion I had and, you know, get a house cleaner or um, take her, before she comes home, take her mattress outside. Whatever, it's a king-size mattress. Like, get my sister and all her friends to figure out how to push it outside, get it in the sunlight, like, whack it with a tennis racket, get the dust out, wash all the blinds. Like, there's just so many practical things that can be done. Um, and just, man, they were in the state of overwhelm. They're paralyzed. They're totally paralyzed. And they just didn't do anything. And, and uh, just, you know, the suggestions that I was talking about, my dad was just saying, like, it's totally unrealistic. It's, you know, there's no way to know what's going to happen, so we're just going to do nothing. And even the other day, my mom says, oh, yeah, well, we went through our will again and updated it, and we sat down with our financial advisor and figured out, like, how old we're going to be when we finally pay off our mortgage, and, um, oh, by the way, our will is in a briefcase underneath your dad's bed. I'm telling you because I know that your dad and your sister are totally going to forget. It's like, I'm so frustrated. However, it brings me back to this state of control and, like, I am not in control of my dad and my sister. I can only control myself. And uh, just really, um, you know, the, 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 the whole question of family dynamics. How do, I, how do I relate to my family? How do I love them and support them? And um, well... Well, disagreeing with them, while looking at their, the way that they live their life, the choices that they're making, their, you know, mental, spiritual awakeness, and being completely frustrated with it. Um, and that, 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 that is my constant question. Like, how do I support them while disagreeing with how they live their life? Um, I think it matters. In November, we had asked to borrow $300 from my sister for groceries, and we lost her now. We were her back in the middle of December, and she, um, you know, didn't tell me, but discussed it with my mom, and just, oh, I don't even know what she said, but my mom's response, and kind of what she told me about the conversation is that, you know, my sister really doesn't approve of the way that we spend our money um, because she thinks that we should be extremely frivolous and not, um, you know, having our expenses be higher than our income, and she thinks that that should mean 
you know, no entertainment and no um, enjoyment of life and no, you know, fun spending because um, our expenses are usually over our income. And, you know, the only thing that usually um, gets cut is groceries or gas or, you know, bus pass or bill payments being left. Um, and that, you know, that's her, that's her belief that she's extremely frugal and does not like to spend her money on anything. However, she has no problem when other people spend money for her. Um, I've often felt frustrated that she's a freeloader and, you know, she just puts herself around people so that she doesn't really have to do anything and she just gets people to pay for her. I'm sure that all of those things are not the most beautiful way to acknowledge characteristics. Um, but I, I, I do, I do feel that way. And, and so, you know, there's a constant strain of just not having the same value on full body health and mental well-being. Um, a quick side note on that, by the way. It is January 25th today as I'm recording this um, podcast episode and that uh, for Bell, the cell phone provider, it's their Let's Talk Day um, to raise awareness of mental health. And so um, if you're a Bell client, I think each text that you send raises 10 cents for their um, campaign to raise that awareness and provide resources to people struggling with mental health. So if you're a Bell client, text as often as you can today to raise that awareness. So mental health has definitely been something that I've struggled with and I have worked so hard to create that healthy um, boundaries, healthy mental health, whatever, however you want to put it, just a sense of whole body well-being, mentally, spiritually, physically, uh, relationally, all of these things. And, you know, I've just seen that being a constant struggle for my sister and just not her top priority. Um, she just wants to enjoy life and um, be with her friends and not spend money, you know, in a nutshell, that's pretty much who she is. Oh, and like, you know, she's very active in church, so yeah, that would be a top priority for her as well, but she's more like the charismatic Christian who could spend hours in worship, but probably very unlikely to pick up a Bible unless it was in a group study or during a sermon. Um, she's completely lacks personal devotion and okay so the more recent thing that I'm trying to get to is 
my sister is getting married this summer, and um, we just it's just one thing on another that feels like really challenging to to know. Like, how do I support her while disagreeing with her? Um, and 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 what's the line? You know, what is what is going to be the chasm that is too deep to cross? And well, that ultimately means that our relationship is shattered or becomes distant or or what? I mean, right now we have weekly phone calls and they're, eh. you know, it's really nice to stay in touch with her, but it's not at the level that is really fulfilling my my heart and spirit. We're just, we've never been able to kind of meet at the so as much as we can meet at the same level and you know I really cherish that at least I talk to my sister okay so it's a whole wedding thing um my mom's doing like so much with my sister right now trying to find a venue and a dress and um my sister doesn't have any money so none of it's going to be from her own pocket I think my mom, her, uh, my sister's fiance, and his mom are probably the ones. Oh, well, I shouldn't say my mom. My parents, you know, they're together. They have a joint bank account. Um, but my dad, you know, he's not, he's not really involved in all the decisions. So, anyways, the main investors in this wedding will be my parents, Dylan, and his mom. And not my sister at all. And so, so far, things that she said to me are like, oh, this is the most important day of my life, and I just want it to be so beautiful, and, well, you know, I'll, I'll try and go with things with the least dollar value, but just cost, you know, things just cost what they cost, and then telling her, like, this is, this is not the most important day of your life. Like, the wedding is not the important thing. The important thing is the marriage, and... You know, the time and the effort that you spend stressing over all these details about a quote-unquote wedding is simply because society has shaped it to be this consumerism, this, this consuming beast. And it's absolutely not important. Your wedding is not important. It is just a waste of money for one day. And that's it. You don't even get to use your wedding dress ever again. So I told her, like, what about wrenching a wedding dress? What about wrenching a suit? Like, what about having it on somebody's property? Like, have you reached out to your larger community? Have you, like, sent out a mass email? Anyone that, any one of your friends that you want to invite, like, ask them, who, who has a relative to make beautiful cake? Or who has a relative who... Um, is a seamstress and can alter my dress for like $400 instead of $800. Um, you know, just like all of these things of like thinking smartly. She's so frugal with her money and she's like going to spend $3,000 on a dress. Like, it's just so astronomical to me. And I, I don't know, I guess I'm just shocked. Like, her value system is out the window now that other people are going to be spending the money. And I just feel like, well, 
I don't even want to be involved in that. And what happens? Like, do I just choose not to go to her wedding? I didn't invite her to, to our wedding, Jonathan and me. I mean, Jonathan, my husband, is a very different person than most people in the society, and she's extremely private. And one thing that we've both agreed on as parents is that we absolutely do not want a picture of our child's face on the internet, not social media, not somebody's personal webpage, you know, for photography or whatever. And so being the sister and Forrest is Shelby's nephew, she really wants him as the ring bearer in her wedding. And Jonathan and I talked about it and there's just no way that we can guarantee as the ring bearer that he won't have his picture taken by the photographer or that he won't have his picture taken by somebody else by a guest in the audience at the wedding ceremony um and there's no way that we can guarantee that that guest won't post it on social media so the only way around that is if he's not you know in in the ceremony i mean if we wanted to be really thorough he would just couldn't attend at all in order to make sure that his face is not on the internet as an underage child um, with such loosey-goosey policies on the internet. There's no way that we can't guarantee that his face isn't going to be used for a vitamin pill bottle 10 years down the road. Once the picture goes online, there's very little that you can do to control the end use of it. And so to protect his own privacy as a child, we've decided no face on the internet. I think email is the only digital way that that that's happened so far. And uh, so that's a big decision for me is like looking at the values that my sister has She's not open to talk about it. She's not open to discussion. She's not open to suggestion. She has a very firm idea that she wants to spend a ridiculous amount of money on this wedding. And I don't, I don't agree with that. And I want to support her, but I'm also not sure how. If I support her by not attending her wedding, you know, is that going to be a rift between us? Is that going to be kind of the line that gets drawn in the sand. I don't know. So that's where I'm at. And it's certainly, you know, not as intense or dramatic as several other family dynamics, but um, it's where I'm at. And I think, you know, that's valuable to just share and talk about because it affects all of us. Um, And if there's anything that I want to focus on, it's just about, you know, bringing this approachable, um, friendly, open feeling towards tough topics that are valuable and, um, you know, can be 
discussed and shared and that we all can benefit from, from sharing our own personal experiences with others. And just to open up and be honest and real with each other um, because that's what we need. We need connection. We need love. We need to find a common ground to be able to um, just do life with each other at. So that's my share, and I hope it was insightful, heartwarming, welcoming, uh, all those things for you. Have a great day. Bye.